Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Cortez on a podcast once again. I'm Josh Shevinoff. As always, welcome by the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is the one and only Angel Ortega. We got a whole sh- bunch of stuff to talk about this week, ladies and gentlemen. We got UFC 275 to recap. UFC Austin to go over. MMA and boxing news. Yes, we're keeping that going. Big fan of that part of the podcast. Regardless of, before we get into all the news, as always, we're brought to you by Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. It's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. I hit the gym yesterday. You know what I had with me? I had Rogue Energy. Kept me going the entire time, put in that work, setting new maxes. Y'all know what it is. Regardless, moving ahead to the action. Last Saturday night, in the Singapore Indoor Stadium in Kalang, Singapore, UC275. Yeah, Angel, you know how, like, back in the day, like, old UFC cards, they put, like, tag lines. Like, UFC, like, 120, knockout. You know they used to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. UFC 275, fucking insane, I think, is a pretty good tagline. <laughs> because the main event was exactly that. Uh, Yuri Projaka, Glover Teixeira, five rounds of chaos. Yeah, you know, obviously, we're in the moment. We're just a couple days removed for that fight. But, dude, it might be the greatest... UFC light heavyweight fight of all time might even be in the conversation for one of the best fights of all time, especially title fights. Uh, but as far as the result goes, Yuri Projaka defeats Glover Teixeira via fifth round rear naked choke with 28 seconds to go. He was getting dominated on the mat for the majority of that fight, but the hits one scramble, gets the choke in, and Glover Teixeira, who was up on the cards, it was on his way to retaining his title, loses with 28 seconds to go. Angel. Give me your take on the fight. Give me your take on the results. It's one of the best fights we've seen in, uh, in recent time, and one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. I, I can say that without hesitation in my time of watching the sport, my very short amount of time in the sport. You know, I, I'll be honest. But uh, You're longer than most. Don't long, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it's you know, it's not as long as I wish it was. You know what I mean? I, I wish I'd been here longer. Yeah. But regardless, I had so much fun. It's definitely. Has to be one of the greatest title fights of all time at this point. One of the most uh, back and forth. And uh, I mean, there was a lot of emotions running through that fight for me, Josh. Excitement, you know, worry, a little bit of sadness in a way, happiness. I I, I got the whole emotional spectrum. That's what you want out of these fights. You know, you want to have a bit of everything and then the chaos itself. And then uh, and then the way it ended, too, right? And and the fashion it ended was just such a... uh, it was just such a mix-up of everything, you know. It was it's, it's as chaotic as you wanted it to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, in, I've been watching the sport longer than you have, and uh, this is this is. I mean, this is probably one of the greatest fights I've ever seen live. Um, and just period, actually, probably one of the best fights I've ever seen. Period. Um, just pure back and forth chaos for five rounds. Like it, there's so much. Like yes, Glover was up on the cards. Um, I believe they had him three rounds to one. One judge gave Yuri a uh, 10-8 round in there. Gave him the one round 10-8. Uh, I believe that was round three. Um, but even with that, dude, I mean, even even him being up on the cards, it wasn't like it was an easy up on the cards. Like, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
so many reversals, so many momentum shifts. And, um, yeah, man, just pure chaos. And one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. As far as uh, Yuri goes, man, to, to hit that, like, to, to become champion three fights in his UC career is something that's insane. I believe, I mean, who did it quicker than him? I think Brock did three fights. Like, there there are a couple of people who have been close, but Yuri had one of the fastest rises to UC title ever. I mean, it's just utterly insane. As far as he goes, what do you want to see next for him? Because there's been a couple of fights have already been suggested. Anthony Smith is going to be facing Magomed Ankalaev. The winner of that might be in the running. You know, Jan Blachowicz is coming off a recent win. Uh, and then, obviously, Wilbur Teixeira is right there. He wants a rematch because of how good that fight is. And, uh, I mean, look, dude, if you were the UFC matchmakers, what's next for Yuri? There's a lot of options, man. I think it's kind of wide open. I don't think there's any bad direction, though, in my opinion. You know, obviously, you want to give it to the guys. I, I do genuinely think the winner of uh, Anthony Smith, uh, Magomed Ankalaev, probably deserves it the most. But I think all the other all the other two options are just as great, man. Uh, if you're, I mean, but if I think if you want to go the fair route and what should be probably done, I think Anthony Smith and Magomed Ankalaev. Because I mean, for Anthony Smith, a win over Magomed Ankalaev and then being a former title challenger. And kind of building this little win streak is that's a big, it's a big storyline going into that and could be a big redemption arc for himself. But at the same time, John Blachowicz, former champ, obviously lost to the previous champ, a little bit of storyline there. And obviously, like you said, being such a banger, why wouldn't you want to run it back? Like I said, I think, I don't think there's a wrong answer, if I'm being honest with you. A lot of times I feel like there's one certain way you can go. But I think in this case, in this scenario, you have a multitude of options, which is really what you want in the case of a champion. You don't want to be stuck not knowing what direction to go. I feel like you have a multitude of directions you can go, and there's not even a wrong option or a better option. Just if it was me personally, I want to be fair, and I want to give the guys who are next in line their opportunity. For sure, and that's kind of where I'm at, too. Um, I would love to see a Glover Yuri too. That being said... If I'm being completely honest, Glover does not deserve it. And I think that the biggest issue, not the biggest issue the UC has, one of the biggest issues that UC has is they're constantly keeping the same people at the top of the division. And it feels like if you're not a draw, you get no chance. And we'll talk about that in the Wei Li Yolanda situation. So I have a couple of thoughts on that in that fight uh, in regards to title shot and so on and so forth. But regardless, I think that the winner of Mogwin Alkalive and Andy Smith deserves a shot. I mean, those guys are both on really, really great win streaks. It makes all the sense in the world. Um, but, you know, I would love to see the glorify. It just doesn't make sense. And as much as I love Jan, you can't really get – I mean, he didn't have a long title run either. And to get one win via injury, I would love to see him against Yuri, just not now. I, I think the easy fight to make is to go ahead and do Yuri versus the winner of Aethon versus Mangman Akaliyev and then have a Glover-Yan rematch with the winner of that for the title shot. I think that'd be, that makes, that'd be that'd be fair because it'd be former champ on former champ. That'd be an yeah, epic and that, fight. And that, you that can makes sell a lot that. of sense. Yeah, and that that'd be a great fight. And also, I mean, at that point, there's not really much left. I mean, I suppose if Jamal Hill defeats Tiago Santos, and like if that fight's happening in September, maybe he'd have an argument. But even then, I wouldn't necessarily agree. You know, huh? um, Rockage is on the back foot till next year, sadly. Yeah, I mean, there's there's. Line of picking up, but there's still some issues in that division in regards to contenders. So I think. Young Glover should deserve a title shot. Whoever wins that fight. But oh, so that's all the hypothetical booking. We'll see what happens in the future. But moving on to the co-main event, man. Uh, we said going in, you and I, we were kind of banging the drum that Talia Santos might be 
the one to possibly end the title reign of Valentina Shevchenko. We didn't pick her, but we both gave her pretty good odds. Well, man, I think we both, uh, even we, a bit undersold her chances going into Saturday night. Valentina Shevchenko retains her USC Women's Flyweight Championship via split decision. Cards read 48-47 Santos, 48-47 Shevchenko, and 49-46 Shevchenko. That last one got torn apart, but regardless, man, uh, Santos had a lot of success with the wrestling. Uh, she ended up losing uh, the decision, obviously. A lot of that, there was a big turn in the, in the fight, came in the third round, or she got head-butted, it was an accidental headbutt, and she broke her orbital, and she's apparently set to have surgery on that. Uh, look, man, even considering the injury, even considering all that went on, do you think she had done enough to walk away with the flyweight title on Saturday night? Look, I'll be legitimately honest, man. I thought it was a close fight. I thought it, you could have gone either way. The night of, I felt that way. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, I could have seen Natalia point. I thought Valentina Shevchenko won the night of. And we had people on both sides. I I didn't hear anybody cry robbery, Josh, from what I saw. I haven't been super, I wasn't super active on Twitter that night. And, uh, I listened to a few podcasts. I mean, you know, I've heard both sides. But, uh, I mean, I, I think she she could have, but that, I personally thought that Valentina won that night, and I think she still can. I think uh, a, a challenger has entered the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, on the night of, I was super conflicted. I was very very conflicted. Like, although I will say, I did think that Sanchez won. I gave her the first three rounds, uh, but I will concede that like those rounds were really fucking close, dude. I mean, m- maybe not two and. Maybe not uh, one and two. I thought one and two were pretty clear. But, you know, three was a close round. Four, five were close. Maybe not five. I thought four was a close round. But regardless, I don't have any issue with anybody scoring the fight for Shevchenko. Uh, this is one of those rare fights where, like, I've always said, like, people that, like, say, oh, well, you know what, it's not a robbery. It was a close fight. Like, I hate that fucking saying. Because there can be close but clear fights. And we should still have issues with judges that, judge a close fight that's clear in the wrong direction. This was a legitimate fight that was close but not clear. It could have gone to either one and I would have had no issue with it. Um, as far as as far as moving forward, man, they gotta rerun this fight. I'm gonna go ahead and say it, but not now. I think Santos, dude, broken orbital, some some people take a lot of fucking time to recover from that. So I think Santos Santos should get a rematch whenever she's healthy. And ready to return. But as far as Shevchenko goes, I don't think Shevchenko will fight Santos next. I think she's probably going to fight either Misha Tate or Manifero. I think it's going to be one of those two. If Manifero gets through Shukagian, maybe she'll get the title shot. Or if Misha Tate gets through Lauren Murphy in a couple of weeks, maybe she'll get the title shot. I'll be either cool, I'll be cool with either one of those fights. But as far as Shevchenko, what do you think is next? Uh, I'm like those both options you laid out. I think they both seem pretty re- realistic. I think it will be Shikagan though, and uh, Faro. It would be between those two gals. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, even if I'm a, I'm a little bit worried that if Shikagan wins, they're still not going to go ahead and give her a title shot. Wouldn't, wouldn't that just be the most villain a villain arc by the UFC right there? Yeah, now? but like they they know that nobody wants to see that fight. I, I kind of want to see that fight, honestly. But I want to. You never know, man. You never know. Like even with Talia Santos, I said it on. I actually listened to the podcast, Josh, the one that we did last week, and I was like, dude, I I just want to see something. You know, I think she can do it. You know, I said it. I wanted to make a good account of it, but I think she will, and she fucking did, man. You, yeah. We were fucking that first round, man. She took the back, started going for the chin, 
we we had fucking glimpses. We were freaking out in that room. You saw it, man. And that's I know. that's what you like. That's what you want to see out of a competitor. And uh, and she even created threats even in the round she was losing. Man, she had her moments. So it's like, uh, you know, there's some interest there, and it's like. Why can't Kaylin Shugagan maybe have that same opportunity as well? And yeah, something I that mean, someone mentioned, and I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I know you want to make a point there, but something, something, something that someone mentioned was like, you know, even though Shugagan's lost that fight, she always stayed in the top five. Mm-hmm. She's, she's always been up there in the mix in the top five. She's never really left it. She's never gone real low. And uh, you know, she should really, you know, get an opportunity next, just because, not just because of that, but also because you know she's been winning her fight. She's on her win streak, and she's been there before. You never know. Maybe she could give a second look this time around. Now that she's fought her once and she's gotten better. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and the interesting thing about that that you brought up is she has not left the top five. She hasn't even left the one position, bro. Like she has not. She is on a Robert Whitaker type like type of run right now. Like she won't get that respect because like you know she she's not Robert Whitaker and it, it's, it's it's women's MMA. And a lot of people don't really care, especially in flyweight. But dude, she. Got that title shot. She worked her ass off to get that title shot against Shevchenko. She went ahead and lost, and then she went ahead and beat the shit out of her sister, which was pretty dope. She did lose to Andrade, but since then, she has won four straight fights, and she's looked really good in all of them. And she has not moved for that one position. Like, she has worked her ass off. If she beats... If she beat, and it's a big if, because that Manaforo fight is going to be interesting in September. But if she does beat Manaforo, dude, she deserves the title shot. And it's not even really close. I mean, if you look at that, four four wins in a row, it'll be number five. She beats Manaforo, who's kind of being hailed as one of the possible child challengers for Shochenko. It makes all the sense in the world. But to go back real quickly, you said that you wanted somebody to show hope. And, dude, I I, I covered this yesterday for BJPenn.com. Shut out. Um, Misha Tate did an interview where she talked about it. And she said something similar to you. She's like, I've, you know, I've, I've kind of been, I kind of want to be the one to expose it, but like, she's giving people hope now. And I, I look at what Santos did, and I see no reason why I can't do that as a wrestler and a grappler. I cannot do the same thing that she did. And I'm like, Phew. she makes a pretty good point, not gonna lie, you know? She shit. Uh, Juliana I, Pena. Yeah, and she, Misha brought up that fight. She's like, you know, everybody remembers Juliana Pena getting submitted. Nobody remembers her out wrestling and dominating Chichenko on the mat for the first two rounds before that. So, uh, yeah, man, that means tape fight would be pretty interesting if it does that. But yeah, man, um, overall, I thought that was a great fight, honestly. Like, it was one of those fights where, like, maybe it's not a great fight, like, on, on paper in terms of, like, a war or whatever, but, like, dude, seeing Chichenko struggle, seeing Santos, like, the gut out line. that injury, all the scrambles, and even, even on the feet, like, I, I like I went back and I watched the full fight, but I went ahead and watched like the moments on the feet because I was like, even on the feet, Shingo didn't have that normal success that she normally has. You know what I mean? Like Talia Santos didn't land much on the feet, but you know what she did? I, I remember listening to some interviews going into. She's like, yeah, we found a couple of things that we're gonna work with on the feet, and we're gonna find some holes. And for her, that was landing leg kicks, giving her giving Shingo a reason, like battering that 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 lead leg that Shingo is normally so mobile on. So as the course of the fight went on, she wasn't able to have that same success striking and to get her out of there. So honestly, a phenomenal game plan. Uh, and like I said, I thought she won, but got to give props for their due. Shachenko rallied, and that's what a champion does. So yeah, man, overall, we'll see what happens with them next. But dude, moving on, uh, man, Zhang Weili defeats Yoani on Jacek via spinning back fist knockout. 
was it as good as the first fight? No. Was it still a damn good fight for two and a half rounds? Hell yeah. Um, huh? In the end, though, Zhang Weili gets the win. She's going to fight for the title next. That is official. That is confirmed. She's going to fight Carlos Barza. Uh, and also, Yoana Yon Jacek, the other side, you know, the, the, the thrill and the agony. Uh, the agony the being that Yoana Yon Jacek retiring from the sport at the age of 35. Uh, goddamn, what a run, dude. One of the goats. Uh, I probably have her, I mean, at the very least, in the top three. I mean, she had such a long title reign. But as far as the first part goes, give me thoughts on Wei Li Zhang's win and also a possible fight against Carlos Spars and just the whole idea of her getting a title shot. Uh, dude, it was, it's beautiful, man. She, uh, she got the finish. I mean, that was amazing. Uh, especially with a, with a, uh, by the way, I think that's the first ever female, uh, spinning back fist knockout. I think I saw that on Instagram. I think ESPN posted that. So fun fact there for you, Josh. Nice. Uh, so that was cool to see. And I think, and it's the 10th, uh, spinning back fist knockout in the UFC ever. So mm. more there. Uh, so that's awesome, man. Awesome that she's doing that. Awesome for China. Awesome for her. Good to see her kind of rallying back. She's one of the one of the most likable people in the UFC. One of the nicest people too, and uh, very uh, very soft spoken, you know. But, but, angel. but, but she's angel. a she's, savage. She's she's Chinese. I, that's how I some have people, to boo her if she comes to America. That's how some people feel, man. That's not how I feel, man. I, 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 know, I know. I'm just being a dick. I know. I know you're memeing. But as far as the champ, you know, for Sparza, I didn't know what they were going to do with the Sparza as far as who her next opponent was supposed to be. A lot of people were uh, rallying for a, a Marina, was it Marina Hartrigas fight? Yeah. Which I would have been cool with that. Uh, but I mean, if they want to do Whaley, I'm cool with that too. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, a, a, I enjoy Whaley and I enjoy her style and I enjoy her as a fighter. So of course I don't mind seeing that. Yeah, so I like Whaley, but I'm not a Whaley stan. I'm not like you, Angel. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I think it's honestly ridiculous that she's going to get a title shot. I got to go and say it, dude. I mean, that was a nice win. I mean, the only I other option would be Rodriguez, right? Like, that's... Yeah, correct. And, and I understand that, like, is Maria Rodriguez, like, the biggest name? No, but she's on a 4-5 winning streak consisting of Amanda Hibas, Michelle Watterson, Mackenzie Dern, and Jan Chonan. If she lost those last two, they would have gotten a title shot over her. And you can even argue for Hibaz and Watterson, too. I mean, she's she's her one loss during that stretch is a split decision to Carla Sparza. Actually, her one loss total, she's 16-1-2. Her one loss was a Sparza via split decision in a fight that I thought she won. Outside of that, she's beaten Tisha Torres, Jessica Aguilar, and that 4-5 winning streak that I just mentioned. And, uh, look, man, I just don't understand. I, I guess I just don't get it. Like, you I think they're gonna make her fight Rose? Maybe. I mean, Dana's already said that like it's one hundred percent not gonna happen. That Whaley's gonna get touched on that. I just, I just, I just don't get it. And I love Whaley, dude. I mean, I, I thought she won that fight, the second fight against Rose. I thought she already should have been champion. And I loved her rise and I loved her story. She is very soft spoken, super sweet. You know, any interview you see with her. Same time though, man. I mean, to go from losing two fights in a row to you beat Yoana, who hadn't fought in two and a half years and was coming off a loss, and you get a title shot. That's just I just don't like that. That being said, I think she's gonna she's gonna whoop on Carla Sparza, and I love Sparza's rise and and her unlikely win and so on and so forth. And but yeah, I mean, if we're if we're talking pure fights, yeah, that's gonna be a rough one for Carla Sparza. But yeah, I mean, 
I mean, it'll all can happen between now. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not like Marina Rodriguez yeah. is off the table. I mean, injuries gonna happen. You know, not trying to be fucking detrimental here. You know what I mean? But you know, things change. You know, one fight might be announced, but shit happens, man. So it's not like anything. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we get Rose versus. Mar- I don't even know what the fuck are they gonna do with Rose. What are Rose's plans right now? I never know what the fuck Rose. Is- I never know what Rose is fucking thinking, Josh. I I also. I, I also don't know. What, is she gonna go away for a year, then come back and fight the champ? Like, is that what's gonna happen? Like, I'm, I'm really. You know what? If we're being if we're being realistic, probably she's not. I remember the knock on her for a while. It's not really not much of a knock, but like she's not super active. I mean, she fought she's fought once this year, twice in 2021, once in 2020, once in 2019, once in 2018, so on and so forth. So I mean, out of the top five females, we get a title shot. Yeah. I'm just saying, man, out of the top five females, like, she's probably the least active, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. She's gonna hit, she's gonna hit us with the Colby Covington method. And then, <laughs> um, and just come back and get a title shot for no reason. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens with her. But as far as, you know, 115 goes, 115 is in a really good place. Um, as far, yeah, I, but one last thing before we go ahead and move on from this, dude. Yoani on Jacek retiring from the sport. Give me your favorite Yoana memory. And there's a, there's a shit ton you can give, but uh, dude, the old, it pretty much her whole Ultimate Fighter season with the Claudia Daly, just the back and forth and that whole little uh, rivalry there for the bit. I, I love that, and just her her pure confidence, man. I I talked about it. Uh, I think I mentioned it last week too. Her confidence is one of the coolest things I've seen because she just reeks of it, man. And and that's such a powerful thing, and it's something I have to respect because it's one of the best qualities in a fighter. It's what makes a fighter, I think, so good is confidence man that just self-belief that delusional self-belief mm-hmm. for sure man um yeah that that claudia Gadea season was really really good the fight too uh but well, both fights uh, were both really really good but that 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 2016 one the rematch i really encourage people to go rewatch that fight because that fight is so however good you think it is I rewatched it recently. It's better than you remember. <laughs> like, Yoana get, got knocked... People forget this. Yoana got knocked down and dropped, like, five seconds into the fight. Like, she got rocked, dude. And she got dominated the first two rounds, and then she came back and put in fucking masterclass on. She somehow recovered and dominated. Um, that Carolina fight at MSG was great. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and go on Drage. Because I, I don't know if a lot of people really remember this. When she fought on Drage at UFC 211, I believe that was the card. I know it was in Dallas. Um, I don't believe she was the favorite, but I remember there was, like, a lot of talk about, like, oh, shit, Andrade, just, she's this little monster. She's finally found her weight class. I mean, she beat the dog shit out of Angela Hill the fight before that. And, dude, Joanna, when even as, like, a Joanna stand at the time, I and mean, I still am, but I, I, I used to be a Joanna stand. I still am, but I used to be, too, you know? Um... I was, like, worried for that fight. Dude, she went in there and put on a fucking mat. I don't even remember on Josh even hitting her, dude. Like, it was it was one-sided as fuck. Like, it was just perfect. Um, So, yeah, man. Very, very, like, just congrats on an, an amazing career. Like, one of the goats. Uh, so, yeah, full props to her. Um, bit disappointing way to go out, but it's, it's that's the game we play. But... Um, you know, moving down on the main card, we actually didn't preview this fight because it was actually supposed to be Manel Cave in this position, but it got canceled. Uh, but regardless, Jake Matthews taking on Andre Fiala, dude, this fight was a banger. And more specifically, just what a performance from Jake Matthews, dude. 27 years young. We've seen this kid in the UFC for like 
honestly, eight years now, I believe. He's got signed in 2014. He, he looks like he's found his stride. This is the greatest Jack Matthews ever looked. Give me your thoughts on his performance. That was a clinical performance on the feet, too, against Andre Fiala, who's been looking fucking unstoppable after his Michelle Pajaya fight, man. I do wonder if this is kind of maybe a bit of overworking himself, you know? Why maybe this fight didn't go his way. Uh, obviously, don't want to take away from Jake Matthews' performance because he, he looked great out there, man. He he did what he had to do, and he came out to form. But Andrew, uh, Andre Fiala left me wanting a little bit more, man. I was a little disappointed. It was a little underwhelming because, I mean, just the way it all went down. And, you know, I think maybe the, the traveling to Singapore fighting, what is it, four or five times this year. Maybe it caught up yeah, to him finally. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it caught up to him a little bit here, which is fine, man. It happens and I mean he's not gonna go anywhere, man. He's gotten so many bonuses and he's about to get a new contract. I mean he's in a he's in a good place and you know, I would definitely have not seen the last of him. For sure. Um and it could be the factor of him, you know, fighting so many times, but man, I, I'm just I don't even really attribute to that. I think Jake Matthews just had a fucking night, dude. I mean he could not miss. Like that was that was insane. That was straight up insane. Like by far the best performance of his career. By far, not even close. Um, so yeah, man, full pro- full props to him for that for that fight and for that performance. But you know, moving on down to Jack Dilla Madalena, Hamzan Imev. You know, he looked bad for a minute there, but uh, he ended up getting the knockout. One minute in, this kid looks like he's a future at 170. Give me your thoughts on his performance. We called it, man. I just had a feeling. I was like, you know something? I'm going to call it Jack Maddalena finish here. And I'm fucking proud of that, man, because he came out of here and he put a fucking stunning performance, escaped the submission, got to finish on the feet, and that's how you want to do it, man. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, it was – and Hamzana Imev is a fucking really good dude, dude. I mean, he's never – is this his first loss via knockout? I, I'm pretty sure at least in the UFC it is. Um, but, yeah, man, he looked – effortless so props to him that kid looks like the future but as far as the uh the rest of the card goes looking on down the prelims what are some fights you're looking to talk about i mean a fight that was a banger for the first round and it kind of slowed down afterwards uh was uh sungwoo Choi and joshua was it kulibayo kulibayo that's close enough for me i mean well you know i attempted it right yeah yeah no i did my best i apologize guys but dude that first round was looking like it was in a setup for greatness it slowed down a bit there i mean they still had a good pace they had their moments but goddamn man that was a crazy first round mm. yeah that was a really crazy first round specifically even just a crazy fight in, in general honestly um but yeah man overall it was still i still i still like that one um dude steve steve garcia got murked bro Steve Garcia got murked. If you guys did not see that knockout, go ahead and check that one out. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the kid's name who did it, but. <laughs> Angel, can we take a swing in that one? You can take one. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. I'm not even going to. I'm, I'm good too, man. I'm good too. All right, yeah. You guys, you guys can, you know, you know the fight. You know it. Um, yeah, anyways. Uh, <laughs> moving on down. Dude, Brendan Allen, Jacob Malcoon, that was a banger of a fight. Brendan Allen looked great. That was a really nice fight. Um, but dude, I feel like the true star of the prelims was Silviana Gomez Juarez, dude. God damn, she can crack, dude. She can crack. Uh, she knocked out Liang Na about a minute in. Um, yeah, man, just, just an absolutely insane knock. And in her last fight, too, I mean, everybody kind of, obviously, uh, 
Vanessa Diamopoulos getting the whole submission out of nowhere and jumping on Joe Rogan. That was really, really funny. But, dude, people forgot how fucking hard she cracked her, too. Like, this this Silviana Gomez Juarez girl, she's got some fucking power, bro. Like, you know, she's got some power. So that was a nice win. Uh, Is there any other fights that I'm missing? No, man. uh, I think that was everything. I mean, it was a sick finish uh, by her. 37 years young, man, and... Going on 38 this year, later, at the end of this year in December. So I'm sure we'll be seeing more of her after a little, a rough start in the UFC. 0-2, you know, both arm bars in the first round. Fucking, that's a bit tough, man. But she rallied back and hopefully she gets another big win in her next fight, man. I definitely want to see her stick around and see what she can do. For sure, for sure. And, uh, yeah, man. I didn't realize how old she was. Fuck, she's 37? Damn. Those um, genetics, man. There's something else, aren't there? They really are. Yeah, those are some nice genetics. Um, but anyways, dude. Yeah, one one quick one I forgot. Jocelyn Edwards uh, defeating Ramona Pascal. That was a really really fun fight. I, I had a lot of fun with that one at 145. Uh, Jocelyn Edwards. That is her second one in the UFC, and she looked she looked sharp on the feet, dude. She looked really really good. So yeah. Um, overall, that was a really really fun card. Specifically the the final three fights. Like the UFC was really really. Granted, there were fun fights up and down the card, but like. Those last three, dude, they were like they they lived up to the hype, and that's that's a hard thing to do considering how much like how hard they're supposed to carry the card, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless, man, there is still UFC. We got UFC this weekend. UFC Austin, a rare fight night taking place in the crowd. I'm kind I kind of like these, man, because. I like the Apex cards, but they're giving us every once in a while. They're still they're still probably like once a month. They're, they're throwing out a card with fans and shit. I like it, man. I like it. Uh, but you see Austin, this card, I like it a lot. It's not as good as next week's in my opinion, but I like this card a whole lot, though. Main event, Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett, a featherweight banger. Uh, obviously, Calvin Cater, he, t- he got murked by Max Hall. He took a full year off, and he came back in January and beat the dog shit out of Giga Chizanaki, dude. Uh, that was a hell of a performance. Great fight. Josh Emmett, on the other hand, this is his first fight in, well, since December. Whenever he beat Dan Ige at UFC 269 on the prelims, he's not, he's riding a four fight win streak. He's a low key contender at this point. I feel like we don't talk about him enough in regards to the title conversation. He's won four in a row. If he wins this, he's right there, man. So go ahead and give me your take on this one. I'm excited, man. I think it's gonna be a fun fight. I think these guys are gonna come out to bang. I I think these guys might be this. You know, they're they're obviously the main event for a reason, but I can see them putting on a masterclass here. For Calvin Cater, man, I, I'm so impressed you taking a year off, coming back, and putting on the performance he did against Giga Chikarazi, and, you know, kind of us expecting, you know, and, and I, I thought so that Giga was going to be the next thing. He was going to get that title shot on short notice, potentially. And, uh, no, man, I mean, Calvin Cater shut that shit down, and that's fucking awesome, man, to see that after having such a, just a fucking tough loss. And, uh, he's coming in against Josh Emmett, who, you know, we didn't see him there for a while, and he came back around, got a, got a split decision, I believe. Or it wasn't a split decision. It was a close fight, though. It wasn't a split, but I remember watching the Danny Ige fight, and it was a close fight uh, at the time. I did, I'm did. i pretty sure I did think Josh Emmett fought at the time. It was obviously a while back now, so I can't – I obviously don't remember it all exactly. Yeah. But uh, at 37 years old, man, Josh Emmett is here. He could be one fight short away from being maybe in that title conversation. Against Calvin Cater, though, man, I don't know. Calvin Cater's been looking pretty good lately, Josh. And I mean, he, he, he's, he's, I'm, 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 I don't know if it's the giga hype, you know, after the, the post giga hype, if I'm on it. 
But I, I, I think I'm picking Calvin Cater in this one, man. I think he could win this against Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett has some heavy hands. But, uh, I, I got a feeling, man, that, that Calvin Cater is going to come out here again and do some, do some fucking work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the same page, dude. I think this is Calvin Cater's moment. I think he did, you know, he was supposed, he had that fight with Max. It was supposed to be super close. And everybody thought maybe this is Calvin's time to get the win, jump in the title conversation. Got destroyed. He took a year off. Full year. He did it the right way, dude. He took a full year off. Didn't he? I didn't train for like six months or something. I read. Came back, Merc Giga, and now he's going to fight Josh Emmett. I think he's going to get it done, man. I really do. I'm a bit. I'm, look, I'm biased. I've loved Calvin Cater for essentially his entire UFC run. He's 34 years old. I'm pretty sure he knows that the clock is ticking on getting a title shot. I think he's going to do it, dude. I'm, I think he goes out there and puts on a boxing masterclass. To be honest with you, I really think he does. Um, I like Josh Hammond a lot, but the dude's really, really hittable. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And, and look, dude, it only takes one. He's only been knocked out once in his career, which by Jeremy Stevens, you know, he, he made him not fucking move. But uh, <laughs> I think Calvin Cater is going to go out there and put on a great performance. So uh, we'll go and see what happens there. The co-main event. Uh, if, the, if the main event is a possible title content, like title uh, challenger, the co-main event is a loser leaves town matchup. So this is the uh, real main event, Josh. Real main event. Two two OGs, two future Hall of Famers. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Joe Lowe's on. They're supposed to fight last month. Obviously, did not end up happening. They ended up getting the fight what they wanted. They, they're supposed to fight. Did you hear the story about how they that they even got moved on UFC two seventy four? Because they're supposed to fight at a fight night. Do you remember the story? No. What happened again? So they're supposed to fight on a. Uh, they're supposed to fight and originally on a fight night before they got moved to UFC two seventy four. And I guess a couple of weeks before the fight, Cowboy called Joe Lozon. He's like, yo, bro, find the Apex fucking sucks. Let's get this fight moved. <laughs> He's like, I'll tell him that I won't do it if you will. So then they did. They got moved to UFC 274. It was a huge thing to fight in front of a guy. It obviously got scrapped, but yet they somehow still got their wish. They got moved to the one card that had a crowd uh, that wasn't in Singapore this month. So shout out them. They got what they wanted. They said, uh, fuck flying, dude. <laughs> right? So we're getting two OGs. Going at it. Uh, look, man, I'm super psyched for this fight, but what do you think? I'm excited, man. I, I expect uh, – I really want to see them all laid out on the line, man, because it's it's Cowboy's last fight, right, officially. Uh, no, it's second to last. Is it second? Oh, he's, he's going to do yeah, one he more. Yeah, he said he wants uh, 50, I think. Damn, okay. I thought it was going to be his last. I thought it was officially a retirement fight. Never fucking mind. I don't know who that other person is going to be. Zufa fights, I believe. Uh-huh. I could be wrong on the number, or it's four. I don't know. He just said he just said two more. <laughs> All right, two more after this one, or just two more total? Two more total. So including this fight, he'll have one more. Okay. There we go. Regardless, though, I mean, I, I still ex- I expect these men to put it out there on the line, man. I, I know they will because these are two of the best entertainers ever to be in this octagon. And uh, the matchup itself, man. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. They they never fought before, right? Like they never ever. It's kind of crazy that these two guys, just kind of the way they are and kind of how they've been for this organization, that at some point they didn't cross paths. It's, just, it's kind of crazy. I mean, was there ever a time that they almost crossed paths? I wonder. Um, No, no, I don't believe – they were never scheduled. I know that for a fact. Man, I mean, that's that's kind of wild, man. It's, it's kind of wild that's happening now at this point in time, but fucking dude, two old dogs are going to come out here and bang. And I mean, I know Joe Lozon is uh, – you know, we know him for those entertaining fights. We know Cowboys for these entertaining fights. Who's going to do it? Man, it's a 50-50 toss-up, man. I'm going to pick Joe Lozon, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Uh, but he looked he looked really good last time out, though. He got to finish over a good kid. 
which was really impressive to see, especially for not being, you know, like active like that anymore. And yeah. Cowboy, I mean, Cowboy's been fighting these fucking killers. Dude. We do got to put that out there. Yeah. Cowboy's been fighting some fucking killers. Hasn't been going his way. So I do think that plays a big factor. I was gonna pick, I'm gonna pick Joe in this case just cause I think he could do some things, but I think they're pretty formidable. I mean, it's a really even matchup, man. Like, it's really close. Like, I don't think any guy has like a crazy advantage overall at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I think they're meeting at the right time. I 100% agree. Um, this is very much a coin flip because Lozon's not been active, but his last fight, he murked Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan Pierce is a nice kid. Like, that kid's not too far away from breaking into the rankings, dude. Like, that kid is. That kid is legit. Um, but, you know, Cerrone, on the other hand, he's been active, but he's been losing. He is winless in his last six fights, I believe. You know, he had he had a draw with Nico. He got knocked out by Morono. He lost a close fight to Pettis, which I think you can argue he won. Um, then he lost to McGregor, Gaethje, and, and T. Ferg, you know. Um, killers. Yeah, man. killers, killers. So, uh, that being said, though, I got I to gotta ride at the front of the podcast. Joe J. Lalo is my favorite fighter of all time. I'm very vocal about that. I think he's, think he's a done here. I think uh, this fight has a possibility. You know, a lot, Joe, Joe's done this once before. Uh, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, that fight, ever back UC 200. It's like, oh, shit. Joe Lozon, Diego Sanchez, you're going to steal the show. And Joe's like, yeah, man, we're going to steal the show. And immediately went in and murked him. I think a similar thing should happen here. I think he's probably going to try and close the show early, so... Um. Yeah, man. I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and take Joe Lozano to get the win here. Uh, as far as the, rest of the card goes, man, this is a this is a really nice one, especially for a fight night. But which ones are you looking forward to the most? Oh man, dude. I mean, there's plenty on here. Maybe we can just go one down, man. Team means Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland, his second well, second fight to his return to 170 because I think he fought at 170 before. Uh. This is a tough fight, man. If I'm going to be honest with you, Tim Means is a tough son of a bitch, dude. We know that. I'm, uh, I like, I like this choice for Kevin Holland, uh, especially at 170. I think this will be a fun fight. I think Tim Means can test him in a lot of different places. His stand-up's really good and really tight. Kevin Holland, a little wild, a little out there, speaks a lot. I wonder how Tim Means is going to react to that. Obviously, he's older, you know, a veteran. I'm sure words won't bother him, but, I mean, that's really good fucking matchmaking there. I really fuck with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that match between Kevin Holland and Tim Means. That's going to be a banger. Um, that's, that's like the cl- I'm surprised that's honestly not the co-main, but uh, I get it. Um, Joaquin Buckley, that's, he's back. He's going to take on Albert Driv, um, which I think that's kind of weird matchmaking. Uh, maybe it's just me. Um, but just because like Joaquin Buckley is normally like a super fun action guy, and they've kind of treated him like that. Taking on a guy who's not like a not not a not fun guy, but definitely one because I feel like, I feel like they're setting him up here, Angel. I feel like they're setting him up here, setting um, setting him up for for a certain outcome. Yeah, they're setting I possibly to be be knocked out, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Demir Azamagulaw taking on Garam Garam. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. That's a hell of a fight, though. His last name. Um, that's an awesome fight. Arguably the best fight on the card in totality. Uh, who? As far as the rest of the card, uh, Adrian Yanez back versus Tony Kelly. That should be a banger. That's the big one right there. That's that's the the underrated young guy. On the, well, not underrated, but that's the that's the young guy on the card. You know what I mean? The guy on the yeah. come up. Yeah, I can't believe I skipped past him. Uh, Julian Marquez, Kansas City's own 
Julian Marquez. Casey uh, represent. Casey representing on Gregor Rodriguez. That's going to be a banger. I have high expectations for this one, dude. Super high expectations. We're opening up the main card for a reason. Uh, Jasmine Jadavicius is back. Uh, Court McGee, low key, man. Low key. Like, he's a guy that, like, we don't talk about his longevity enough. Like, this dude has been fighting since, in the UFC since fucking, like, 09, I think. Yeah, 09. On the Ultimate Fighter, he came in on Ultimate Fighter season, I think, 10. 11. I just looked 11. Up. Excuse me. Apologize. Fucking um, okay. <laughs> God damn it, Josh. No, but, like, this dude's been around in the game for so long, and he's riding a two-fight winning streak, dude. So, uh, there you go. wild. He's fighting Jeremiah Wells. That should be fun. Um, Ricardo Hamos. Is back. Another guy's been in the UC for like a low key, long amount of time, five years now. Thing on Danny Chavez, uh, Eddie Wineland, former WC champion, looking to get back on the right track. Uh, he's lost two in a row. Taking, and not a very easy matchup. He's fighting Cody Staman, who's one of the best unranked guys in the UFC for a long time. He has. Been. This is a weird one. Yeah, I'm, I'm on. Yeah, I don't really. It's kind of a weird matchup. It feels like they're setting up Eddie Wineland here. I mean, look at like like could he look at Cody's like last three fights: Jimmy Rivera, Marab, and Saeed Nurmagomedov. Like, and <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember, but like if I remember correctly, that the Marab fight and then also the Jimmy Rivera fight were both really close. Maybe I could be like misremembering, but that's how I remember it going. Like he had two close losses. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's that's good. that should be a fun fight, but it kind of feels a bit one sided. Uh, Phil Hawes is backing on Deron Win. Oh my Deron god, dude. Wynn. He's an interesting character. Yeah, he is. I mean, from he had a lot of hype coming in, you know. Um, but then he's five six and fights at one eighty five. Yeah, he used to fight at two oh five. Even worse, you know. Uh, he tested positive for, uh, I believe he tested positive for methamphetamines uh, after his fight with Jim Mushar. So he's had a bit of a rough run, man. Um, yeah, that Phil Hawes fight should be. Should be fun at the very least. Phil Hall's a guy that, like, he's so close to putting it all together, but he just can't. Like, he's so close. You can see it, man. But, you know, just little things here and there holding him back. So, we'll see what happens. And then opening up the card, um, Roman Dudelitzi, who I believe, that's how you pronounce his name, who I believe is the guy who stole uh, J.P. Bias's wife. So Roman, Roman Dudelitzi. This guy's kind of a savage, though. Yeah, he is a bit of a savage. Yeah, apparently, yeah. So, yeah, that's rough. But, yeah, this guy's a savage, and he's taking on Kyle Dawkins. That's a hell of a fight to open it up the card, dude. That's a great fight to open up the card. Um, yeah, this card's stocked, like, stacked from top to bottom, bro. I mean, it's nothing compared to next week, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah, true, true. Uh, yeah, man, super, super excited for this one. Um, yeah, I think we covered, I think we hit literally every single fight, if I remember correctly. <laughs> We're close to it. So. Uh, yeah, I know. Definitely close to it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, anyways, man. Uh, we are going to go ahead and hit some MMA and boxing news. This is going to be a bit bit lighter than our you know, our news the past couple weeks, you know, uh, which is to be expected because there's not really much that's been going on. But regardless, uh, we're going to start off the top. Ronda Rousey. Uh, yes, that's right. Ronda Rousey. We have, I don't think we've ever talked about Ronda Rousey on this show, which kind of says how long she's been out of the game. She's been out of the game for six years at this point. Um, last fight was obviously the loss of Amanda Nunes. Prior to that, she lost to Holly Holm. 
still, I think if she came back, she'd be one of the big stars of the sport. No chance, like instant one million buy. She she's not looking to come back to MMA. She's not super interested. However, she did say that she'd be interested in returning for one final fight, and that would be against Gina Carano. These two were supposed to—they were in talks to fight back in 2013, and never ended up happening. Obviously, Gina Carano has not fought since I think Strike Force in 2010 or 2011, and it lost with Chris Chris Cyborg. She's currently doing acting on, on Ben Shapiro's fucking website for some reason. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, Ronda Rousey interested in fighting Gina Carano. It is 2022, not 2013. Andrew, give me your thoughts on this. Are you interested in a potential Ronda Rousey fight in the year 2022? I mean, it'd be it'd be fun. It's a one-off. Why not, man? You know, make our money. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. If if you if you had to pick, like, wh- who would you pick in this matchup? I just had a curiosity because I feel like this one. You probably pick Ronda because Ronda hasn't you know Ronda hasn't been out of the game long. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, even if, like this is all hypothetical, but like even when this fight was being discussed back in like. 2012, 2013, 2014. I never even thought it was like a close matchup. I never. Yeah, really, like, I, I, I really don't like if. Yeah, even if you told me then, like with what I know now, I still don't think it. Yeah, I pick Ronda pretty easily. I, I could see just the typical Ronda armbar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like during uh, that time, like just the way she was finishing fights, I just imagined it would go like that. Yeah, same page. I never once thought. I mean, Gina, Gina was very much like. She was not bad by any means. Like, some people, I feel like over time, and this is already happening to Ronda, too. Like, I'm sure you see in those comments, like, always shitting on, like, Ronda. And, like, she was not very liked, but you also can't deny that, like, dude, she was so far ahead of people. Like, she has good wins. Like, multiple good wins. Um, like, there are people that, like, dude, like, we're talking about Misha taping and getting a title shot, and Ronda fucked her up twice. Like, it, people that try to devalue Ronda's legacy... People do that to Gina Carano's too. People are like, oh, she was never very good. She was just a pretty face. She was good for her time, and she even, like, she got mount on Cyborg and, like, had some nice moments in that fight. That was a good one-round fight if you guys have, like, five minutes, you know? Um, yeah, man, I, I'd be in, if, if it was 2030, I'd still watch the fight now, but there's no chance of it happening, I don't think, unless Gina Carano's just really badly hurting for money, so. Um, but I'm, I'm, Pretty confident she's fine. She had that Disney money for a couple years there, so right, not anymore. But she did have it for a little bit, you know. Uh, but yeah, interesting that, that Ronda came out and said this though, because she's not. I don't think she ever really discusses MMA anymore. So um, yeah, it's kind of like when she was out of it, she was out of it, which is kind of sad, man. Like she was one of the people who probably exited the sport, and like it just was. It's not part of her life anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, she came back, she got inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2018 or 2019, um, but outside of that, she's been, she's just been out, man, and I get why, because she got a lot of hate when she lost to Holly, and part of that, you can argue, was warranted, but, like, a lot of people act like, uh, you know, oh, but, you know, everybody hated Ron, dude, Ronda was the most beloved, because I was a fan of this time, dude, people loved Ronda Rousey like no other human being, like, they fucking loved her. And then she lost to Holly Holm, and that shit turned overnight, dog. Like, she became the most hated person instantly. So. That's how sports fans are, dude. It's so sad. Like, you turn your back on your team on your team or on your fighters so quick sometimes. It's it's really depressing, to be honest. And it, that's really depressing for the person, too, because, I mean, it, it, it probably, like, mentally fucked with her, you know, like, being like, damn, why doesn't no one like me anymore to an extent? You know what I mean? 
yeah, she didn't change her behavior. Like, people were like, oh, she was, she was, oh, yeah, people started hating her at this point. Like, there's a lot of shit that, like, is, um, I'm not sure what, what the term would be. It's like, like, uh, retrospective, maybe? Like, they're kind of like, like, they're kind of changing what actually happened. Like, I was there, man. Like, mm-hmm. people loved her. They loved the fact that she was talking shit and knocking girls out. They almost, they almost want to rewrite reality in a way. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, just because, like, man, people really, and I don't blame her. They want to like, change a script that was already said. Yeah, I mean, and they, uh, you know, once once she lost, that was just instantly like, oh yeah, fuck this bitch, bro, like <laughs> instantly. So I don't blame her for not wanting to go back to MMA and not really talking about it. She probably doesn't feel like she owes anybody, and she really doesn't. But that being said, if she ever it's, returned, I was gonna say it's, it's MMA fans are like either the most loving or the most toxic. It is from what I've seen. Yeah, and it's not even really close, but. Um, they're either ride or die, or not, or not, no ride, no die. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That being said, I really do think that uh, it, it would it would be really really tough for her to come back. And I also think that I'd be interested in it if she was fully in it. Um, but I don't know. I don't think the fight would be very competitive. I honestly think Ronda would. I still think if Ronda came back today, she'd be top five at one thirty five. Like, am I crazy to think that? Like, if you look at the rankings, like, I've argued this about, like, I argue with the subject about people, like, Angel, you look at the rankings right now, you're telling me she's not top five? She could be. I don't doubt it. I could see it. Yeah, for, for, for the record, guys, top five at 135. Nunez, Vieira, Holm, Aldana, Pennington. So, just do with that information what you will. Um, but yeah, man, um, I'd watch it. Just to go ahead and go back to the original point. I'd watch it. Won't happen, though, probably. Uh, Floyd Mayweather back in the news. Um, he did get inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. Shout out Floyd. Uh, so good for him. 50 and 0. Love to see it. That being said, he's continuing the exhibitions. Um, obviously he just had one with, quote, dangerous Don Moore. Um, his former training partner. And the only thing dangerous about him was the fact that the fight got sanctioned. Um, and now he's going to be fighting in Risen again because they, Floyd loves running their pockets, bro. Uh, he's going to, this time though, he's not going to be fighting 120 pound Tenshin Asakawa. He's going to be fighting 145 pound Mikaru Asakura in September. So, Angel, any interest in this? I mean, it's cool. I mean, that, that's about it. I mean, I'm not like excited for it. You know what I mean? It's a fucking exhibition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, why, why do you think Risen keeps on doing this? Because I don't think anybody really cared about the ten, the first, like, I have the first no idea. I guess somehow they can just afford it. I don't know how. I don't know how mm. much they're paying Floyd, but they're paying him enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. I really don't understand what tension, that tension to do. Rising gets out of this. Um, I don't think anybody really cared the first time around. And it just made them look bad because <laughs> Tension was their boy and he got brutalized. And I understand weight weight difference and all that, but it was just I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Um I don't get it. I have no interest in this whatsoever, but I do think it was it's interesting to bring up on the show. Uh but that's all I got for it. Yeah, I have no interest in these exhibitions. Like if, if there are some exhibitions I think would be interesting to me. Like I was totally into Mike and Roy, but uh Floyd, man, like, it's not very... If it was, like, a Logan Paul-type exhibition where it's, like, somebody so much bigger than him, like, I was interested in that one, but, like, the Don Moore one, the Nausicaa one, and then this one, I'm not very interested in. 
Although I will concede it, it would be very, very funny if he got caught. It would be so funny if he got caught and got knocked out, but that probably won't happen. Um, Angel, last news of the day. This actually got reported last week, and I believe it got, it got reported the same day that we uploaded the podcast. So thanks, guys, for breaking this at a time that was inconveniencing to us. Right. Uh, Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck them. Uh, anyways, BKFC... They're gonna have a they're gonna have a fight in in London. Uh, they previously announced it was supposed to be Paige Van Zandt on this card. Funnily enough, uh, but I guess she's the main event. Either that's not happening anymore, or she's not gonna main event. Because regardless, we're gonna have a big matchup August twentieth. BKS at BKSC twenty seven in London. Michael Venom Page, yes, MVP from Bellator, who just lost. His, like his interim welterweight title fight, he's taking on Mike Platinum Perry. Gloves off at BKSC Angel. Give me your thoughts on this matchup. I, I this is like I thought the shit was April Fools when he got announced, but go ahead and give me your thoughts on it. Fuck it, it's fun. I I I enjoy it. I love Mike Perry. Make your money, brother. MVP, good for you too. It's BKFC though. I, it'll be different because I mean the rules of BKFC are different than boxing, dude. We've seen that. But MVP fights MMA, and I mean, there's some obviously translating skills with the clinch, and obviously there's still boxing; it's still an aspect. I wonder how MVP's going to deal with the no gloves. I mean, I think he'll he'll be fine, but I mean, there's still factors, man. You never know. That's what I'm saying. So I think there there I I am genuinely interested in this, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I think it could be fun. And Mike Perry's BKF, BKFC debut was fucking awesome, man. So yeah. And his his little run outside of the UFC and kind of the success he's found is. It's been pretty good, man. Like, I, I gotta respect him for it, and I hope it continues. And uh, and I hope if anything, this MVP bout is a banger, and both these guys, you know, give us something fun to, to enjoy because I'm fucking down for this shit. For sure. And he also, I think the best part about the Mike Perry stuff, he hasn't gotten in trouble. I don't think we've we haven't heard anything in a long time, right? And that's huge because, I mean, it, we we memed about him for like a long time, but like, man, he was. It was concerning for a while there. You know what I mean? Like, like he was getting in, in a bunch of shit. So, uh, I am, I am glad that, I guess like it's been what, last time he got in trouble, July 2020, where he knocked up that old dude. <laughs> his, his, his ex-girlfriend, uh, the pat, the platinum pr- princess accused him of domestic violence a couple months later, but they'd already been apart by that point. So, um, he's been out of trouble for like two years now. So let's hope that continues. Uh, because, Mike Perry is a super entertaining guy. So, yeah, man, I'm very – I'm going to be honest, dude. BKFC, they've got me. Like, I'm, I'm legitimately – like, I'm excited for their events more than I should be sometimes. Like, they just had Alan Belcher knock out some poor dude, like, a couple days ago. So, like, <laughs> they've had some fun stuff going on. Like, I'm pretty sure Beck Rawlings is coming back to there. BKFC, I think, it, like, they should honestly be treated like a legitimate contender to, like, Bellator and PFL at this point. I, I understand that because they're not MMA, they're really not considered that, but, like, they they had some fun, sh- like, I'm generally entertained anytime I watch BKFC. Maybe it's just me, but I intend to enjoy it, but. It was, it was good, dude. That Chad Mendes card is fucking fun. Yeah, they have fun cards, dude. Like, they really do. I understand that, like, a meme in the MMA community is, like, they pick, they, they, for example, they picked up John Dodson. Like, they pick up a lot of older guys. Um, but honestly, that's like a really profitable business strategy. Like they're they're picking up these guys, giving them a couple last paydays, and they're uh, 
they're getting they're getting it out of it. Like they're getting something out of them, and they're getting some nice promotion, and it works out, man. So uh, I'm all I'm super excited for this MVP versus Mike Perry fight, though. So that being said, I think that's all we got for this one, Andrew. As far as the MMA news, as far as boxing goes, is there anything else you want to talk about before we close out, man? No, nothing specific, man. I think we covered everything great. I'm just really excited to come back next week and recap everything. It was nice to have the pay-per-view. And before I know it, Josh, that next pay-per-view will be quick around because this one wasn't at the start of the month. Like, right, I believe so. Yeah, it was the second week into, yeah, second week into the month. So we'll be back soon, man. Yeah, correct. So we're only, what, two weeks? Like, it's going to be July 2nd for the next pay-per-view. Yeah, so we're getting we're getting close, man. That's gonna that's gonna be Izzy versus Cannoneers, so that's gonna be dope. I'm super excited. And then obviously the Holloway, you know, Volk trilogy. Misha Tate's gonna make her debut 125, so that's gonna be a banger of a card, dude. Um, very very happy that we got a lot of stuff coming up. Now, as far as the show goes, I believe that's all we got. So, hope you guys did enjoy. Uh, as always, you're brought to you by Rogue Energy, RogueEnergy.com. Code Sound of a Check. Ten percent off. Get yourself something nice. Get somebody you like something nice. Uh, it's a wonderful gift to give. And summer, get something nice. RootEnergy.com. I'm at Josh Shinoff on Twitter. He's at AngelTake underscore 01 at Quartzite Sound. For all things related to show, feel free to give us a subscribe on YouTube. Give us a like. And also feel free to rate us on Apple or on Spotify. Hope you guys enjoy the show as always. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>